Chocolate is a big business worldwide. It is worth several billion. But on the other hand, cocoa farmers in developing countries and providing the main ingredient for chocolate are not making big profits. The big names in the chocolate industry are in Europe and the United States where cocoa trees don't grow. Meanwhile, cocoa has been part of pre-Hispanic civilizations in the Americas for centuries. But the question remains, what does it take for the cocoa producers to build chocolate brands that can conquer the global market? All of us are part of our chocolate. The fact that we work with our own trees and we love that this product comes from our land. Today on the America's Now podcast, we'll talk about cocoa and chocolate. Hi, everyone. I'm Elaine Reyes in Washington, D.C., and this is the America's Now podcast. Today, we are talking with our Spain-based producer, Armando Guerra, who is currently in the city of Valencia. Hi, Armando. Hi. Thank you for having me. Hey, well, you're in Europe. You live in Europe, and the European chocolate industry is famous worldwide and has a long tradition. Do you think the average consumer is aware that the chocolate they buy is actually made with cacao from other parts of the world? Do you think they care? I think they do. I mean, the average consumer here knows that the chocolate is not, you know, from here. What I think they don't know is how little chocolate, how little cocoa is actually in the bars that you buy at a supermarket. And maybe there is, uh, you know, a lesser portion of the population that is more health conscious or more environmentally uh, conscious. And it's a different type of consumer that seeks more quality. And they know um, that, uh, you know, they, they, there are other brands that can they have more cocoa in their in the chocolate. But in general, I, I think they do know that chocolate is not from here, but that the best producers, the best brands, uh, and by best, I mean the most famous brands are from here or the U.S. I think even now supermarkets, the big, the big chains are realizing that people are more aware of where the um, source of the product comes from. And so they have, you know, they have, they have showcases in which... Uh, your average chocolate bar from Nestle, and then you have another other bars from other brands, where they you know they say well this is currently comes from Ethiopia, this comes from Uganda, or this comes from Ecuador or Nicaragua. But I think if you buy an M and M or 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 if you you know see and during Christmas like uh, you know a chocolate bear or a chocolate deer or a chocolate egg. That's cheap chocolate. That's not, that's not, that's very little chocolate in that bar. Yeah. I mean, I noticed if you go to the store, you could not only see, you know, a lot of people are more health conscious, as you mentioned. So they're reading labels. You could see the percentages. Uh, so not only where the chocolate or where parts of it, the bar are sourced from, but the percentages. And I know people, especially who love dark chocolate, are very much into that. Tell us about the two sides of the story here, the cocoa from Latin America, and then the fancy chocolates made in Europe. I think Latin American chocolate producers have had it out because they have the best, the best, best access to the best material in the world. And and these they see how these, um, you know, big uh, companies 
you know, of course they control the market, they control the places where the chocolate is sold. And so that's basically the two camps. But within the fancy chocolate makers of Europe, they can sort of be divided into also two camps. One is the industrial chocolate makers or the established uh, brands that are wealthy and they can control the market or work to sell. And they, they can afford to have these cheap chocolates and high-end versions. And there's also the bean-to-bar movement. And that also extends also to Latin American country, but, countries. But, but the bean-to-bar movement, they, they care more about producers. They pay above market prices. They prioritize quality. They focus on high-end. Therefore, you have to pay a premium for the products. They're smaller, and they can make faster decisions. And, and where you know, these big companies take a while. But they also control. They, they, they for example, they can control where, where uh, they can control an entire airport in Europe. And if you can sell your chocolate, if you have a, an entire airport where you can sell your chocolates, then you're in big business. So the Latin American chocolate producers, they have a big mountain to climb. Well, let's take a listen to one of the farmers that you met, Patricio Alvarado. Cosechamos el lunes. We harvest on a Monday, then we cut them open on Friday. They need to ferment for five days inside the fruit. Then we open them up and take them to the base for processing. So it sounds a bit complicated. Did you learn how to make cocoa and turn that into chocolate? Yes, yes. I, I did it in both places. I went to one uh, farm and um, uh, we collected the, the, the beans. They had it all uh, dry because they have to ferment first. We took the beans, we roasted them, and then we we, we ground the uh, the beans, and then with that, with that paste, we made these uh, small bars, and that's that's basically a raw, like very very um, a good chocolate there because it's very creamy, everything's there, and then from there you can you can make your own. It's really hard work. It's uh, it's very labor intensive, but very easy and quick to eat. <laughs> uh, Armando, what impressed you the most while co uh, covering the farmers in Ecuador? And why do they say they have one of the best cocos in the world? I think what impressed me the most was the, you know, how manual and rough the process was and how, um, how ancient at the same time. I mean, it, you have to go, you know, tree to tree cut them by hand, store them, open them, and then collect the beans, let them ferment. There's nothing, there's nothing industrial about that. Honestly, there's absolutely nothing industrial about that. And, and then they, you know, they dry the beans. And, and after that, you can take the beans uh, anywhere else to the market to sell. The difference in Ecuador is that they have something they call like uh, the Criollo variety, which is like a local variety. And he said the flavor is very in, in, intense. It's much better than the, uh, the commercial variety, which produces much more. In Ecuador, this variety produces less, but they, all, they have full varieties, so maybe, you know, more varieties. And, and big brands, they know the, 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 the local variety, and they, they, they're actually researching. And it was, it's one of the, this, unfortunately, that was one of the 
ends that got lost in my in my peace because I found this person drinking beer at a soccer stadium and uh, we were you know I met this guy he was from uh, uh, Switzerland he was a student a PhD student and I was like what are you doing here and he told me you know I'm doing this research on the local varieties and I was like oh so who sponsored your trip and they said well it's the university but I found out the university had sponsorship from this big brand chocolate brand and I wanted to pursue that lead but it just, you know, that door closed the moment I go back to Europe and called and there were no beers in between. <laughs> so um, I think they do know in Ecuador that they have great cocoa and and they have to produce, they have to, they have to, they have to plant this other commercial variety to produce more because that's what the big brands buy. They, they, they buy by the bulk. But for, um, for brands that are more, you know, the, for for the bean to bar movement, the companies that are in Ecuador that are part of this movement, they know they have this gold, and and they they incentivize local producers to you know plant and grow this variety, and so that's why they pay you know above market prices and they keep the prices steady um, uh, despite the you know market fluctuating. So they keep the price. And so that makes, for example, the Quechua indigenous people that were growing cocoa very happy because for the first time they have, you know, they have a steady income and they even, they were even thinking about getting a license, a food license to, so they could sell their own chocolate. I got some really nice chocolate made by them and it was very ecological. It was amazing, which is wrapped in, in, in banana leaves. But unfortunately, of course, because it was so ecological, the moment I got here, you know, a month later, everything just had, you know, fungi and <laughs> that was green. No, it's so appetizing. But uh, we have time for one last quick question in one word. What was your favorite Ecuadorian chocolate brand? I I think it was Pacardian, you know. Pacari uh... wins. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I think it was Pacardi because I, you know, I loved how they were involved in the community, and that's super important. It's not only uh, they have tons of you know spicy chocolate, this and that. And what I really liked about Pacardi was not only their involvement in the local community, but they have some cocoa nibs that are really straight from when you toast, when you roast the cocoa grain and uh, the cocoa uh, bean. When you roast the cocoa bean, you have this creamy, uh, crunchy, uh, they sell those straight from, from the roasting machine. And that's great. I, 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 see, I think I still have some here. And I love just to, you know, it's very bitter, but it, it, it's great. And they have, you know, they, they know the PR. They are, you know, they, they're, doing, they're doing things right. And I think uh, in the years to come, maybe they can, you know, you know, carve up a space in the international market bigger than they have actually, because they are, they do have a space in the international market, but maybe they have, you know, they can compete with other, you know, the Swiss or Belgian brands. I will have to say, and we'll have to leave it there. Picari is my favorite too. Armando Guerra, thank you so much for being with us today on the America's Now podcast. Thank you. The executive producer of the America's Now podcast is Jose Velasquez. Our audio editor is A.J. Moore. Joe Zarenko is our copy editor. 
Umberto Duran is the head of the Features Unit, and I am your host, Elaine Reyes. Until next time.